It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. A confident Carson Wentz led the commanders onto the field to start this week of practices. How he and the team looked following their loss to the Carolina Panthers on Saturday right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you are watching this live episode. If you are joining me live following the Washington Commanders practice on Monday afternoon into the evening. And of course, you can also find us on the new WUSA 9 Plus app. Your CBS affiliate has a new straight has a new streaming app that is a game changer for news and sports in the DMV, download the WUSA 9 Plus app from your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. No matter how you're joining us, thank you for making us your first listen every single day or your first view every single day. I'm David Harrison, writer for Sports Illustrated's Commander's Country, covering your Washington Commanders. My co-host, Chris Russell, is one half of the Russell and Metter show on the Team 980, which you can find live Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. He is not here, but he is on Twitter at WrestleMania621. I am at DHarrison82, and the show is at LO Commanders. Now, the housekeeping is done. Thank you again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view of the day. If you're joining us live, drop your questions into the live chat. We will save them, and we will look to get to those questions on our next regularly scheduled episode. Chris and I have a few things brewing, uh, a few things coming, some ideas that we're looking to potentially implement, so more coming on that, but you may be getting more Locked On Commanders than you currently do, which hopefully you guys will all think is a good thing. Something that I know is a good thing is that my play of the day is coming up here shortly on this episode. Play of the day from practice on Monday coming up. But first, we're going to talk about Carson Wentz, the quarterback, a little bit more confident leading the team onto the practice field for the first time since losing to the Carolina Panthers. And I know that might kind of sound a little bit weird, right? How can a quarterback or a team look more confident coming off of a loss? Well. A lot of savvy football fans out there, right? But some more casual football fans. So nothing should not be explained. The preseason, the wins, losses, they don't matter nearly as much as they do, obviously, in the regular season when you're jockeying for playoff position. What really matters is the process, the development, and the learning that happens on the field within the scoring of the points and whoever wins and loses. Now, every player, you know, no matter what, when you go on the field to compete, you want to win the game. So let's not let's not get it too far to the fact where Players don't care if they win or lose. They care if they win or lose. It's just not all about winning or losing in that process. But when it comes down to decision-making, when it comes back down to the throwing mechanics, to the way this team is executing on the field, more more positives than negatives. Not everything was clean. Not everything was perfect, of course. It's not going to be the first time out. But you could tell on Monday from the very beginning of practice that Carson Wentz was a more confident quarterback, that this team was a little bit more 
it was a little bit more calm. And that's kind of how you could see that confidence. There wasn't kind of as, as hurried of an energy to the team. Right. And, and I think that's really kind of the best way to explain it is it was almost a little bit more of a routine type of practice. Whereas you could tell this was a team that was a little bit less trying to learn each other, a little bit less trying to get their feet under them and more. Now they've gone out there and they've had an exhibition match. They've had live swings and live opportunity against a live opponent. Now they're a little bit more comfortable in their skin. And it was a good thing to see. Now, this last week, the week leading up to the Carolina Panthers game and the night of the Carolina Panthers game, I was in Tampa. I was out there on assignment for Sports Illustrated covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for their joint practice week with the Miami Dolphins, culminating in that practice game or that uh, that preseason game. So I actually didn't get to see the Washington Commanders in person. I uh, was keeping in touch with guys like Leno Winningham, uh, Candy Waller, and they were kind of keeping me up to date and informed, and then we were passing those messages on to you guys, but as much as it, it, it takes away a little bit, right. From being able to see the guys, I was really looking forward to coming back. And, and the analogy I use is when you go on a business trip or a vacation and, you know, let's say it's a business trip, you got to leave your kids behind or your nieces or nephews or somebody, uh, or if it's, you know, a vacation, you got to leave, you know, friends, kids behind. And maybe you're not going to see them for a little bit. When you come back, what always happens, right? You're like, man, you grew like a foot since the last time I saw you. So I was kind of interested to see with, with spending this week in Tampa how was this team going to look when I returned from that trip? And would I be able to say, man, this team has really grown since the last time I saw them? And I'm happy to be able to say that that is, in fact, what actually happened um, in some good ways for certain players and some not so good ways for other players. We're going to talk about that uh, just a little bit down the line here in today's episode. But first, let's talk about Carson Wentz and his performance on Saturday. So I'm I'm hearing from Linnell. I'm hearing from Candy. I'm hearing from, you know, I'm, I'm reading on Twitter just like you guys are from all the other beat writers uh, out there on the ground that Carson's looking a little bit better, that this thing is kind of, kind of starting to come, come together a little bit. And then the game comes Saturday. And I think like a lot of you guys, I was a little bit, I don't want to call it concerned, but maybe a little bit apprehensive, right, coming into Saturday afternoon of what I was going to see out of Carson Wentz. And from watching the guys put in the work, I wanted to see the good results. I wanted to see the successful drives, of course. Uh, but I also knew that, look, this is football, right? And, and the Carolina Panthers are coming out there looking to prove something, too, and they get paid uh, to beat their opponents, too. So I was a little bit apprehensive. I was like, okay, let's see what we're going to see. And what I saw, again, going through the processes, right? And I actually talked about this with Zach Selby, the, the staff writer for the Washington Commanders for the team website on his podcast on Monday uh, at practice. You go through the weeks of, of, of practice at, at training camp, and what you typically see with Carson specifically is you see this team go through an install phase. They go through a walkthrough. They go through some kind of you know shells and, and maybe call it half speed, and then they go full speed, and then there's some contact in there. That's part of the growing pain process right now. Here's the, the issue with some media takes. Here's the issue with some fan takes with, as they attend some of these practices, is uh, especially with some of the fan takes, is you may be, may be observing practice on the second day of install. So th this team that you're watching throw these passes team that you're watching play this defense or this offense, that may be the second day they've ever ran that formation, that look, that call. And what you're seeing is the growing pains, right? But then as you get through it, you always kind of get to the point where when you're standing on the sideline, you say, there it is like there. Now you can see that Carson knows the look. He knows the, where everybody's going to be. The players know their assignments, their roles, their checks, you know what they're supposed to do. And they've talked about this and they've run it a couple of times. Maybe they got intercepted once. So they go back to the film that afternoon. They come back the next day and they're a little bit smarter of how they want to execute this play against certain looks and they go out there and do better. And I think the, the, the key takeaway is at the end of the install period, 
during those those days where they're running through this, you always kind of saw this offense get to a point where they're running a play with general success. So then coming Saturday afternoon, going up against Carolina Panthers, on my drive back to Tampa, I was actually on the phone with Leno Winningham from 106.7 the, the Fan, and we're talking about it, and he goes, he goes, David, this is exactly what we've been talking about. Like everything we saw on the field at FedEx Field was something we saw during the OTA practices, something that we saw during training camp, something that we saw them go through those growing pains. But then as you're watching the game against Carolina Panthers, these are things that they've already grown in and they're things that they're comfortable in now. So that's why you have the success you do. So I was not necessarily surprised by what I saw from Carson. Again, I was a little apprehensive, hoping we would actually get to see it, but I was not surprised. And that leads into exactly what I expect from the next coming week, right? So obviously the Washington Commanders, they want to build on what they already have. They want to build on the success they did have against Carolina Panthers, but they're also going to go through some new installs. They're going to install a few new things. So if you're a fan going out there on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe you see a rough day from Carson, maybe you see, understand the context of it, right? Understand the, the context that they're installing new things every single week, every single day. They're probably talking about new techniques, new looks that they want to give to their opponents. And then you kind of have to watch the building process as we go through there. So is there likely to be a day where Carson has an interception or two? This week, probably there probably is going to be a day. Is there going to be maybe a highlight clip from someone, uh, you know, out there in in in, in uh, at practice who, who shows something about a, a pass that's really way off from Carson to a receiver? Probably it's probably going to happen. But if this trend continues, and that's the effect we have to see against Kansas City, right? When you see them come onto the field against the Chiefs, you just see a little bit of what you've already seen, plus a little bit more as they get further into the playbook. But as of right now, if this process continues, where they install. They, they teach, they walk through, they crawl through it, then they run through it. And as they get more comfortable, this team comes together. Then I think you have the beginning of something that can be very positive for the Washington Commanders in 2022. So those are my kind of initial thoughts on Carson, tying it into the game, tying it into Monday's practice. I've got some more notes and observations from training camp practice on Monday that we're going to talk about. Plus, we'll look ahead to the first cut down day of the preseason coming Tuesday, and we're going to do so thanks to a partner that I usually use literally every single day. Right now, down in my kitchen, I've got a container of AG1 from Athletic Greens because I need a quick way to get vital nutrition in the morning, and I don't want to take a bunch of pills to do it. With one scoop of AG1, you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. If you need to Google that word, don't feel bad. So did I. Adaptogens. Very important to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I like my AG1 a little sweeter, so I mix it with pineapple juice and water, not just water. And for me, that's perfect. An AG1 subscription costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water Every single day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast first listen or your first view every single day. Shout out to Freddie Lee in the live comment section. Shout out to all of you viewing this live on Monday following Washington Commanders practice. If you're out there, give us a shout out. Tell us where you're coming from. If you have questions, drop them in the live chat like Freddie did. We'll screenshot those and we'll use those for another a later regularly scheduled episode. Again, Chris and I have some things in the works we got to talk about. So we might have two episodes coming for you tomorrow on Tuesday. So stay tuned. Um, you can do that by subscribing to the channel. Click the notifications button. That way, if we do have two episodes dropping, you'll get notified when they're coming and how they're coming. But again, appreciate all of you for joining us, regardless if you're doing this live or later uh, as well. You and I haven't spoken since the Commanders played their first game of the year on Saturday. So I'm going to dive into some of my overall thoughts here in a bit. But first, more thoughts from practice on Monday. Uh, The team was in shells, not in full pads. But for me, the biggest story coming out of Monday afternoon's practice, again, practice kicking off uh, at about 2 p.m., very solid crowd. Uh, Fan turnout was very happy to see that. I know a lot of people are back in school, so it was good to see some kids out there with the afternoon practice as well. Uh, But the biggest story for me, Brian Robinson Jr., right, who is obviously one of the biggest storylines coming out of Saturday's preseason game, was getting more time with the first team than I remember seeing beforehand. Now, I, I say it the way I do when I want to preface this. Brian Robinson has been getting, been getting reps with the first team all training camp, all OTAs, everything. We've seen number eight sprinkled in there, AG dominating the touches, JD getting some snaps back there, obviously. Curtis Samuel lined up in the backfield as a running back. Uh, in a running back alignment from time to time. But Brian Robinson, junior number eight today on Monday, right? To me, and again, I, I, have to, I have to qualify this by saying to me because I have not counted in, in previous practices how many reps each running back got with the first team. But as I'm watching this, I'm seeing number eight out there, and I feel like I was seeing number eight out there more than usual. Now, could that be recency bias, right? Could that be, well, David, you saw Brian Robinson ball out on Saturday, so you're kind of wondering already if he's going to take over RB1. So you're letting yourself believe that he's getting more first-team reps than he actually is. Could that be happening? Absolutely, it could be. But here's something that I haven't seen before that is not recency bias. Antonio Gibson getting reps with the second team. Now, AG got first-team reps. Let's let's be 100% clear. AG got first-team reps. One more time. Antonio Gibson got first-team reps. And doing the individual drills when he's with Randy Jordan and Coach King and doing the running back drills, AG was the first back through. So still getting his number one back, uh, you know, respect and all that stuff in, in those terms. So let's 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 take this for what it is, right? I don't want this to turn into, oh, David Harrison or Locked On Commanders or Sports Illustrated, whoever says that Brian Robinson is now the RB1. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is Brian Robinson did appear to get more work with the ones than he had previously. And AG absolutely got a little bit of work with the twos. Take it for what it's worth. I'm not saying to draw super big conclusions, but we know what the story is, right? Antonio Gibson led the NFL among running backs and fumbles, led them in, led the running backs among fumbles lost as well. Uh, had a couple of fumbles earlier in training camp, had a fumble against Carolina Panthers. Listen, um, I was telling uh, another beat writer on the sideline on Monday that when I watched him fumble on, on Saturday, I think just like a lot of you, I groaned. I was like, oh man, like AG, come on, brother. And then I saw how emotional he was after the play right on the sideline. You just dejected beside him. So, I mean, he wasn't like crying or anything, but you know, you just tell that he, you know, he was, he was very, very frustrated with himself 
saw his teammates trying to pick him up. Look, I see the work that he puts in. I know the work that he puts in. So I, so my heart goes out to him as a human to human, knowing the grind that he's going through. But from a football standpoint, you got to hold on the ball, man. This is this is football. You're running back. Your first job is to hold on to the football. If he's not going to do it, Brian Robinson has a very, very good history of holding on to the football. Showed a lot of good things on Saturday. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, so that's the situation. That's what we're, we're facing with. And the team obviously is looking at this and saying, you know what, let's, let's see what we've got here. Uh, with this mixture. Antonio Gibson's going to have a role in this offense regardless, but for me, that was kind of the biggest storyline coming out of uh, Monday's training camp practice. Going to keep an eye on that for sure. Now, the best play of the day, and this is going to be a little bit, uh, you know, you know, people tell jokes and they're like intellectual jokes, so you got to kind of think about it a little bit. This may not have been the play of the day for everybody, but for me, I absolutely loved it and it actually goes back to a previous play. If you remember the day of five interceptions uh, at training camp practice, where Carson Wentz threw three, Sam Howell, Taylor Heineke, each had one themselves for five total interceptions. One of those interceptions was a Carson Wentz target to Cam Sims. I almost said Cam Brown. Cam Sims. And what happened is Cam turned around to catch the ball. The ball was coming. He sat there and waited for it. Well, while he was waiting for it, Kendall Fuller made a break on the ball and made the interception, right? So you always want your, your receiver running downhill. So today's best play, Monday's best play from training camp practice uh, Carson Wentz targeting Deami Brown. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was Taylor Heine tar targeting Deami Brown. Devontae Bosby, who was, who was a guy that not a lot of people probably know if he joined the team the week prior to the lead up to the Carolina Panthers game. Uh, look, you're sitting here watching the play. The ball comes out. It's a little bit late, honestly. Um, Bosby breaks on the ball. Everybody, everybody thought this was an interception. Everybody thought an interception was coming. Defensive backs coach Chris Harris for the Washington Commanders is in the back, in the defensive backfield, screaming, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, thinking his guy's about to come down with the ball. What does De'Ami Brown do? De'Ami Brown turns, he executes, he attacks the ball, he comes downhill, he gets in front of the defender, comes away, not only with keeping Bosby from getting the interception, he comes away with the reception, turns, runs upfield. Now, again, they're in shells, so you're not full contact, but I promise you with that play, Bosby wouldn't admit he was going for the interception. He was not going to make a tackle. Uh, De'Ami Brown gets the ball, turns upfield, gains probably another 8 to 12 yards before the next defender possibly gets in. And then heard from the offensive sideline, I honestly can't remember who it was. I didn't, I didn't uh, catch it, but uh, somebody started going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, to Coach Chris Harris. So, one, a funny moment just between you know coaches and players and all those. But, again, a very teachable moment that that coaching staff uh, can walk away with De'Ami Brown attacking the ball instead of waiting for the defender to make the play. So that is my play of the day we're going to have more thoughts on the Washington Commanders loss to the Carolina Panthers plus cut day is coming up I'm going to give you my five players that I'm kind of looking at that might be victims of this first cut day for the Washington Commanders I'm going to tell you what the Washington Commanders should do with Taylor Heineke and Antonio Gibson and I'm going to do so thanks to our friends over at Elias it's almost time for the NFL regular season I love this time of year football is ramping up and if you're into sports betting or fantasy you need a competitive edge to win. That's why I highly recommend the Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, the official statisticians of U.S. pro sports leagues, including the NFL. Here's what I love about the app. Elias Insights helps me know that my game strategy is backed by numbers, not just my gut intuition. Take my advice. Download the Elias Game Plan app today with new features available all the time. Take your game to the next level. NFL season's right around the corner, so don't wait. Find the Elias Game Plan app in the App Store or 
Google Play Store. Today, we're also brought to you today by our friends over at Built.com who have recently introduced two new flavors, the Cookie Dough Chunk and the Pina Colada Puff Bars, two new flavors of the healthiest marshmallow treat you will ever eat and enjoy. For example, when you eat the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, you're getting all the joy of cookie dough and marshmallow with just 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits Eat something that tastes good, and it's good for you. And, of course, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5. All one word, no spaces, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. One last segment here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Shout out to all of you joining me here live on YouTube following Monday's training camp practice for the Washington Commanders. Again, if you have thoughts, if you've got comments, questions, throw them in the live chat. Don't be shy. Be like Freddie. Drop them in the live chat. We'll get to them as best as we can in our next regularly scheduled episode. If you're watching after it's live and it's already up on YouTube, drop them in the comments. Of course, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter, voicemail, or email. We'll drop all those methods here at the end of the show. But real quick, my thoughts following the Washington Commanders 23-21 to loss to the Carolina Panthers. We're not going to recap the whole game, right? By now, you probably watched it or you've already heard Chris. And he's had like two recap episodes uh, come up. He did a live, then he did another follow-on episode later. Or you've heard JP or you've heard John Kime or any number of uh, Rio or or Jamal. And, you know, all, all kinds of options for you guys out there. So you've heard somebody recap the game if you didn't watch it yourself, right? What I want to do is talk about the two biggest stories coming out of that game for me. And, and there was a lot to take away for that game. Uh, and I am sticking both offense. I kind of thought I was like, you know what? Go one offense, one defense. But I didn't want to force it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. My two biggest stories coming out of that game are the quarterback two competition, if there is one, and the RB1 competition, which I believe there is uh, fully an RB1 competition. So let's start with the quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell. Carson Wentz, 10 for 13, 74 yards. Very solid, most mostly solid third drive uh, of the game for him. And the offense, Taylor Heineke, four for nine, 21 yards, an interception, two carries for 14 yards. Sam Howell, nine for 16, 145 yards. Did get sacked twice, but also had three carries for 19 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the quarterback situation. Is there a quarterback to battle? Publicly, the answer is going to be no. And I think the answer kind of has to be no, really, to be to be quite honest with you from a PR standpoint, but also from a roster management standpoint. And I was having this conversation on the sideline with someone else, and I, I've kind of had this, this stance. And I probably You probably heard me say this before if you listen to us regularly since Sam Howell was drafted, is that I truly believe that because of the physical tools that Sam Howell brings to the football field compared to Taylor Heineke, uh, he's, he's almost as equally athletic, if not as so. He's elusive just as much, you know, or probably not just as much Taylor, but he's elusive like Taylor is, but he's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, he's got all the physical traits that you want in a quarterback. What Taylor has over Sam right now is the experience, right? So the, the, the football IQ from years of experience in the National Football League, but also the scheme, familiarity and scheme IQ. Taylor Heineke simply knows this scheme better than Sam Howell because what Sam has been doing in weeks, Taylor has been doing for years, right? So that's just the bottom line. Now, if Sam's mental processing and his IQ and his knowledge of the scheme can catch up, then he's already got better physical tools. Once the mentality part of it, once the, the football IQ part of it catches up, bottom line, Sam Howell is going to be better than Taylor. So outside of mental you know, processing issues or injury, 
that's pretty much a, a foregone conclusion. Now, when that happens is kind of the question. I think what you saw on Saturday is you saw Sam Howell going out there and full disclosure, right? Going up there against largely inferior competition. A lot of the guys that Sam Howell is going against aren't even going to be on the Carolina Panthers roster. Got it. But you saw kind of the upside, come some of the some of the potential, some of the ability. You saw a little bit of what we've been seeing uh, at practice a lot, which is when Sam Howell is decisive, when he makes the good read, and when he gets the ball out of there, it can be very, very electrifying. And he has the athleticism uh, to make some other things happen as well. I think fans came away very happy with that fifth round pick. So, is that enough for Sam Howell to become quarterback number two? No, I don't think it is. And 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 for the reason I just stated, Taylor made some mistakes. Obviously, he kind of made some familiar mistakes with the interception and all that, and you hate to see that kind of stuff, and you want to see Taylor doing better than that. And by and large, in practice, he does do better than that. So you just need him to take it from the practice field to the game field. But you keep in context that Taylor's also facing a better pass rush, a tougher defense, things like that. For a rookie quarterback, when you elevate them, you also elevate the competition that they're going up against, right? And you don't want to do that too soon because that's how you shoot a guy's confidence just to shred so that's number one that's why i think this the the smart answer is a slower pace with sam how there's no rush to get him to quarterback two because no matter what right to, to quote ricky bobby if you ain't first you're last so no matter what whether sam howell is the second backup or the first backup he's a backup he's not your starting quarterback either way so get him those reps against a little bit easier defense that, there's not a problem with that right you're not you're not taking anything away from him now this time next year, I think we're probably talking about he needs to be the second quarter because you do need to elevate that competition level eventually to continue the growth. But right now, the growth is coming in just learning the NFL offense, learning some of the things that the NFL game is asking him to do that he didn't have to do in North Carolina. So regardless, no matter the level of competition, Sam is growing on a daily basis. So let's keep that there. That's what I think Washington should do. And honestly, I think that's what Washington will do. Plus, the second you make Sam Howell QB number two, we know. How, how the fan, the media base is, is going to respond. There's going to be some who love it, some who hate it, and there's just going to be a lot of conversation, and it opens up the door, right? If Carson goes out there and lays a duck against the Jags or the Lions or the Eagles or the Cowboys, it opens up the door. If Sam's QB2 already, let's say he can't be QB number one. So I think the team, from a development standpoint for the player and also a little bit from a PR standpoint, to be quite honest with you, they're going to be wise. Keep him at QB3 even though he looked really, really good against Carolina Panthers. Hopefully we'd see that again uh, against Kansas City Chiefs. Now let's flip to the quarterbacks, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. Again, Gibson led the league last year among running backs in fumbles and fumbles lost. Brian Robinson, uh, I, I, I can't remember. It was, it was Bijan from NBC Sports Washington, I believe, who told me he looked up the Brian Robinson stats. 500-plus uh, carries in Alabama, zero fumbles. That is, that is amazing, if true. Um, I did not verify that. I trust uh, my fellow media members. So, Antonio Gibson on Saturday, four carries, two yards, one fumble, one catch for two yards. B-Rob, six carries, 26 yards, one touchdown, two catches, 15 yards. First carry of the game, first carry of his NFL career in the preseason. Brian Robinson rips off a run for 11 yards. It was pretty much just on from there. Uh, Brian Robinson, a very, very strong day. So what should the commanders do here? What will the commanders do here? Look, I love Antonio Gibson. I do. I, I like what he brings to the football field. I think he needs to be involved in this offense. But as far as the first guy on the field and the primary guy on the field, the more I see of Brian Robinson, the more I believe he is the running back that gives this team the best chance of winning, especially with Carson Wentz at quarterback. What do I think they should do? I think you should wait another week. I think this week, Antonio Gibson needs to be RB1. I think in practice, you're going to continue to see Robinson maybe get sprinkled in there more 
than he has in the past a little bit, see what else he can do, install a few more responsibilities for him, right? But I think at the end of the day, AG24 needs to be RB1 come Saturday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that's also what the team is going to do. Now, if Antonio Gibson has another fumble, please don't have another fumble. If Antonio Gibson has another fumble, and especially if it leads to a turnover, right? Especially if the defense recovers it, especially if Patrick Mahomes turns it into a quick seven, you know, or six points with Travis Kelsey or somebody, it's gonna get it's gonna get real tight real fast, right? I still want to see Brian Robinson get some burn with the ones, especially against that Chiefs starting defense. Let's see if he can do it against you know one on ones, you know, one team team one versus team one. Uh, but I do think Antonio Gibson needs to be the starting running back this week. It's preseason. This is where you have the room. Right? If this is regular season, you're probably saying, you know what, just just roll with Brian. And I can understand some people saying that, but it's preseason. This is the time you have to kind of not have a knee jerk reaction, right? It, it it's it's really bad look for Antonio Gibson coming off of last year, and it's a bad look when you consider the earlier in training camp he had two fumbles in one day. But it's still, like I said, still preseason. And for a rookie, what you don't want to do is make Brian Robinson your RB one and then make him your RB two again because it didn't work out. So let's take our time. Let's make sure that one, Antonio Gibson isn't going to get this figured out if he doesn't get it figured out. Two, let's make sure Brian Robinson is what we think he is before we we overly uh, promote him you know, too early, too quickly. And then we end up having to peel him back because, again, from a confidence level, not just in your player, but in, in your, your decision making, you know, you know that we're going to have to talk about it. Fans are going to talk about it. All of those things. You don't want to be flip-flopping back and forth. You want to have a plan. So I think take another week, take Kansas City, take a beat for a second, go through practice, see how things go, especially once you get pads back on and you get contact going. And then see how AG and Brian do against Kansas City Chiefs, and then you know make that decision moving forward into the end of training camp, into the end of preseason. That's what I think they should do. That's what I would do if I were them as well. Uh, and what I would like you to do is come back and see us the next time we drop an episode. But until that comes, I'm going to thank you right now for making the Locked On Commanders podcast first listen or your first view of the day. Now make the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast your second listen or view of the day, find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get get you ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Again, shout out to Freddie. Shout out to SP. Uh, I see your your comment. It's not a question, but I'm going to kind of take it as a question. So we'll talk about that on an upcoming episode. And of course, shout out to all of you who join me here live on the Locked On Commanders podcast following Washington Commanders Monday practice uh, in training camp again chris and i will be back potentially two episodes tomorrow maybe one at least one but maybe two uh, again we're still kind of talking some things out so again subscribe click the notification so if we do drop two episodes you don't miss out on either of them until then if you've got a question or a topic you want to discuss uh send those into locked on washington commanders at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 301 301- 615-3577. Of course, Twitter is always an option. I'm at dharrison82. Chris is at Russellmania621. The show is at LO Commanders. I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Commanders Country. For Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and her show on the Team 980. If you're out and about, please be safe. Please be kind to one another. And thank you for joining me right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.